You are now listening to Zakaic Podcast, proclaiming Jesus as Savior, Healer, Sanctifier, and Coming King. Good morning, church. Happy Thanksgiving. Can you greet the person on your right and on your left and tell that person happy Thanksgiving? Wow, what a wonderful sight indeed to see you all here this morning in worship to our God. What a blessed time indeed to look back at things of what God has did in the past and look forward to what He is still about to do in our lives. Now currently, I'm taking a certificate program in Trauma and Crisis Management in Alliance Graduate School. And in one of our sessions, we were taught that there's this kind of response whenever we face a threat or danger around us. And it's called the fight, flight, freeze response. Basically, this is a response that our body does whenever we face a threat or danger around us. That's why merong mga ibang tao takot sa aso at tumatakbo whenever they see one. Specifically, the fight or flight response is actually a defense response. There are some people, when there's danger in front of them, some of them would go head to head with it. But there are some people who would actually run away from that danger, from that threat. But there's also this response called freeze. That whenever a person faces a threat or a danger, naninigas na lang siya. But you see, this kind of defense actually takes a long way to process. And this kind of responses, these changes in our body helps us to know that there is actually a threat around us. And this fight, flight, freeze response is actually a kind of stress response in which when there is a perceived uh, when there is a perceived danger or stress around us, our body becomes immobilized. And that's true for all of us. When we are faced with different kinds of problems, situations, hardship, our response will always be dependent on how we perceive the threat. And I know for a fact that throughout this time of pandemic, all of us, we all experienced threat that made us fight, flee, or freeze. We all experienced that. And as we perceive them as threat, all of us experience anxiety, all of us experience the fear of being infected by the virus or any illnesses that is known to all. All of us, we were challenged, threatened either physically, emotionally, financially, and even spiritually. And I know that for all of us, death and loss is too familiar. Alam ko, at some point in our lives this year, we heard of someone who died or someone who lost a loved one. And we all can relate to that. Even for us here in church, until now, 
I could not totally express to you the sadness that we felt when Pastor Big passed away and joined the Lord. And how this Thanksgiving celebration marks us not never the same because Pastor Big is not with us to celebrate this Thanksgiving. And the same goes with everyone. The same goes for you and for me. Because all of us, we have experienced death, loss, anxiety, challenges in our lives that challenge our faith. But you see, in all of these things, the question that I want to ask to all of you is whenever we face challenging times, whenever we are in a storm, what should be our response? When we experience threat in every side and when fears are present in every corner, when there is pain and it's uncomfortable, as a child of God, what should be our response? If you have your Bibles with you, kindly open it with me in Psalm 57, 1 to 11. Again, our passage this morning is found in Psalm 57, verses 1 to 11. The word of the Lord says, Be gracious to me, O God, be gracious to me, for my soul takes refuge in you. And in the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge until destruction passes by. I will cry to God most high, to God who accomplishes all things for me. He will send from heaven and save me. He reproaches him who tramples upon me. God will send forth his loving kindness and his truth. My soul is among lions. I must lie among those who breathe forth fire. Even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows and their tongue a sharp sword. Be exalted above the heavens, O God. Let your glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They dug a pit before me. They themselves have fallen into the midst of it. My heart is steadfast. O God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises. Awake my glory. Awake harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will give thanks to you, Lord, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations, for your loving kindness is great to the heavens and your truth to the clouds. Be exalted above the heavens, O God. Let your glory be above all the earth. May the good Lord bless the reading of his word. Before we dig into God's word, may I invite you to bow down your heads with me and let us pray. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are thankful to you for this time that you've given us. We are thankful for you, Lord, because you have been faithful to us through and through. I know, Lord, this year has not been easy. But, Lord, still your love, your power has been manifested and has been present in our lives until today. So, Lord, may you bless the preaching of your word. May you open the hearts of your people and allow your word to just come deeply into our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen.
I just want to give a short background about the passage that we just read. Now, this was actually the time where David was actually threatened because of Saul, King Saul. I know that we know him. He was actually the first king of Israel. And back then, Saul was actually threatened, or might I say insecure about David. Because people back then were actually praising David instead of praising King Saul. And because of this situation, there were a lot of attempts that King Saul tried to kill David. And I just want to cite three situations where King Saul tried to kill David. The first one is found in 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 11, where Saul hurled at David a spear to pin him in the wall. Can you imagine someone throwing a spear towards you? And the second one is found in 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 25, where Saul required David to produce 100 foreskins of the Philistines, thinking that in the process of doing so, David would be killed. And the third one is found in 1 Samuel 19, verse 11, where, where Saul sent his messengers to David to watch and wait until morning with the order to kill him. Can you just imagine the situation of David here? In every side and every corner, his life is at stake because someone is trying to kill him. King Saul here was desperately seeking for a chance to kill David. And David, having the struggle of being chased by the most powerful man in Israel, in the context of the passage that we just read, San pumunta si David? He hid inside a cave. But you see, while I was reading the specific psalm, I realized that the previous psalm, which is Psalm 56, is actually a psalm that was written also by David. And it contains similar emotions. Where David knew that his life is actually threatened and challenged where someone who pursued him is actually trying to kill him. The most powerful man in Israel, the king of Israel, is trying to kill him. And can you just imagine David's struggle? Can you just imagine his situation where the author in this psalm, in this specific passage, is telling that this man has threatened his life all throughout. And I know for a fact that for all of us, we know the experience of being threatened and challenged. Our life during this pandemic has not been easy. We were challenged in every side. We were threatened, me, myself, us, here in church. We were also threatened by this virus. But you see, in Psalm 58, after the psalm that we just read, David expressed a victorious mood that is anchored on the God who is perceived to provide justice. And this idea of truth, justice, and righteousness are intertwined. And this theme is consistent with the mention of the word truth 
in Psalm 57 verse 10. Because David knew that he will end up victorious. But right here, in this situation, as we read the first stanza of this specific psalm, you would, look, you would see in the first three verses that David was actually declaring that God is his refuge. That in that fearful and challenging situation, God is the one who is going to protect him. David knew that his situation is difficult and fearsome. And the enemies who kept on pursuing him wants him dead. And that's why David declared, God is the one who will provide protection. And he is the one that will destroy the enemy. You see, I realized that whenever we face difficulties and storms in life, not all of us would respond like David. Some of us would run away from our problems or even run away from God. Some of us would think that it's better to do our way than to completely put our faith in God. Not all of us would respond like David. Because when David even expanded his vision towards this people who was, who was actually threatening him, all the more he saw God. Because he knew right in his heart that the same God who promised him the throne is still the same God who's going to save him from the hands of his enemy. And so David placed his trust, his confidence, his reliance towards God. And one thing that I like about this specific psalm, if you're going to read this from top to bottom, there is no instance in this psalm that David placed insult in his mouth towards his enemies. Never did David curse or insult his enemies. You would not see David trying to get even or plotting for revenge against his enemies. There is none. However, in the third stanza, you would see how David responded. David focused on God rather than his enemies. David knew where to place his full reliance, and that is in God. David, having experienced the murder attempts of Saul, ran away to the cave. There he expressed his heart out to the Lord, declaring that his reliance is upon God, who can intervene in his situation. That his heart is set on the exaltation of God even in the midst of the deadly works of the enemies. And this and his heart is lifted knowing that God's goodness and truth prevails. And 
how did David behave, behave in the midst of the storm? How did David behave in the midst of the storm? Like what I mentioned a while ago, all throughout the psalm that we just read, David did not utter any insult or curse towards his enemies. But all the more, especially in the third stanza, David focused on God. David declared God's goodness and faithfulness in his life because he knew that God is the one who is in control in his situation and God is able to save him from his enemies. David remained confident in God, in the midst of the deadly works of the enemies, and he remained focused on the exaltation and glorification of his God. David knew right from the start that if he's going to focus on the problem, on the storm that is in front of him, he will be distracted. And isn't that all too familiar with all of us? When we look at our problems, we would perceive it so big, so great, that our focus on God would actually be so small and so weak. Because the more we look at our storms, the more we look at the problems in front of us, the lesser we will focus on God. And it's all true for you and for me. I myself, I'm not exempted in this kind of mindset. But what I like about David here is he showed how he can rely to God amidst the storm. David showed that there is something in his God that is worth trusting. There is something in his God that he can be confident Amidst the challenges, the deadly things that his enemies is trying to do. David knew that from the start. While I was reading this passage, I actually drafted two things that I want you to remember. Throughout the week, throughout the day, and for the days to come. The first one is this. Our confidence in God will always be dependent on our knowledge of Him. Our confidence in God will always be dependent on our knowledge of Him. Now you see, right from the very start, David knew that the king of Israel who was Saul was actually threatening his life. And that's the most powerful man in Israel. And alam niyang napakahirap because at the back of Saul, there's his army, there's his men trying to kill David as well. But that's not the only thing that David knew. He also knew that the same God who saved him in the past will also save him in this situation. David knew that his God is powerful. David knew that his God is eternal. David knew that his God is mighty. 
David knew all of that because he experienced God in the past. And David knew that he can still experience God until today. In that situation where he is facing threat, storms, and challenges in life. David knew all of that. And once we look at ourselves, I realize that our confidence in God will always be dependent on our knowledge of Him. Church, what are the problems that you're facing today? What are the storms present in your life? I may not know them. I cannot name them one by one. But you see, your response towards that storm will always be dependent on your knowledge about God. If you believe that God is good, then you can be confident that God will allow you to go through that problem all throughout. If you believe that God can rely, then no matter how big the payables are in your life, you know that God will provide. If you believe that God is your healer, then all throughout, you know that God is going to heal you or the person you love. If you believe that God is powerful, then there is no spiritual force, dark forces, that could ever tame His power in your life. And David, right here, he exemplified that. His response was based on his knowledge of who God is in his life. Who is God in your life today? Who is, your, who is God in you in this middle, in the middle of the storm? Who is God for you in this hard and difficult situation? Because church, our confidence in God will always be dependent on our knowledge of Him. And the second point that I want to share to you is when all we see is hardship, the best response is to still worship. I just want to repeat that again. When all we see is hardship, the best response is to still worship. This is what I like about David. In the middle of that storm, he still chose to worship God. I remember when, we, when I was still a child, back, back in the day in the Sunday school, we were singing that song, with Christ in my vessel, I can still smile at the storm. Now back then, it did not make sense at all. But while I was studying this, I realized that that song is really true even when we grow up. Even when we become adult. That when Christ is in us, we can still smile in the storm. We can still worship Him in spirit and in truth. We can still utter praise towards Him and look at His goodness and faithfulness. 
while David was facing all of these problems, this storm in his life, he still chose to worship God. He still chose to know that God is good and faithful. He chose to exalt God and bring glory to his name. And in the midst of your storm today, I don't know what that is, but you can still worship God amidst the storm. You can still bring praises and glory to his name. We can still smile at the storm because we know that the God of David is the same God that we have today. The God of David is the same God that we have today. And isn't that a wonderful thing? Knowing that the same God who saved David, the same God who was with him, is also the same God that is with us. Therefore, we can always be confident in God in the midst of the works of the enemies, in any storm, in any virus, in any pandemic, we can still exalt and glorify God. Now, I want to end with this story. Back when I was in a Bible school, I had these two friends who was actually still a freshman student back then. And then they expressed their desire that they wanted to become pastors. But in the middle of their schooling, both of their parents had cancer. And while I was talking to them, I, they told me that the situation that they are facing is very hard and difficult. They were pushed on every side, in every corner, they were challenged. At some point in their life, they even questioned God. A month later, the result came in. One of my friends, her mom, was cured. We were all rejoicing. Praise God. But my other friend, his mom died. His mom died because of cancer. But you know what? What I really like about my friend's response was when we were still in the hospital, he even told me that though there is great pain, he will still choose to worship God. He will still choose to worship God. And he even declared God is good. God is good. Even the situation is not, God is still good. Church, I don't know what problems you have today. I don't know the challenges and situations that you're bringing here inside the church. I don't know what's inside your heart. But let this be a reminder for all of us that we can always be dependent 
on our God. And once we see hardship all throughout, in every corner, in every side, we can still worship Him because of who He is. Because our situation does not define God's power and the miracle that He can do in our lives. Happy Thanksgiving, church. God is good. Can you give God a mighty clap of praise? Amen and amen. You just heard the message from Zumbuanga City Alliance Evangelical Church. We hope that it will help you in your journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. For more updates, you can follow us in our social media platforms in Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Zekaiq Ministries. See you there!